This episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility, Every Plate, and BetterHelp. And we are so excited that they are helping us make this show a possibility. Woo! Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me show you. How do I get the sperm through custom? I am a lesbian. So gay. So gay. We need to tell our story. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad. Thing. We're not ruining these little humans. It's not for the gay reason. Just because <laughs> we stick. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our ovaries. I don't know why I said that. I really don't. I don't know. It gets weird. I'm always happy to be back. It's Monday. <laughs> We're in your ears Does anyone again. else feel like Jamie's spinning out? She's just wandering off a path and we all just waiting. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm Nobody saying. went anywhere, Jamie. We're back. We're here. <laughs> I had two birthday parties this weekend in the hot, blazing sun. It was Ugh. really fun. I had two back-to-back lacrosse games in the hot, blazing yeah. sun. Like, what? Is parenting ever get easier? No. I don't think no, it does. It's so fun. It's so fun. So funny. Like we're so like in the trenches with parenting all the time, and yet we are telling people to make. I know. Families. It's and I do us. think there's something hilarious about that. Like almost everything that comes out of our mouth is like, "Don't do you it." You literally like we, we had a phone call earlier, <laughs> and you answered the phone. My kids, my fucking kids. <laughs> That's all I said. I didn't even say hello. <laughs> because I had just hung up with one of the teachers. I was like, the fact that the teacher was just like, yeah. So I don't know where Henry is. Like, he's not, he's not like picking up and we can't hear him. And I tried to put him in a breakout room and that didn't work. And, and I'm just, and he's not in the assignment. So I start like calling him and all he does is like send back a, a message, like a G chat, like with a question mark. And I was like, yeah, hey, Dingle, Dingle, with your question mark, your teacher's calling me. Where and are then he you? Goes, oh, so, oh, sorry. I was making ramen. Oh. <laughs> what? I was like, you don't make ramen in the middle of ELA. What are you doing? What's wrong with our? What's wrong with kids? And then he was like, oh, sorry, I should have had Rory make it. No, you should just wait for lunch. It's in fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh my god! It's so funny because you know my wife is a dean, so I hear her phone calls to these kids. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. And it's like, well, no, there's still there is still a full week of school. So <laughs> that's I literally just heard that. <laughs> talking to a kid no there's you still have a week so oh be my in god <laughs> that is just amazing uh, okay oh. well jamie we have a, a really exciting news item we to share do. it's pride family movie night guys that's that's our update yes and we are a part of pride we family are. movie night this year so this year this is new york city pride um, this year it's virtual. It's on June 17th. And so the movie will be virtual and it's free. So if you go to NewYorkCityPride.com, you can sign up for the event and you can watch and we'll all be together for Pride. But there's a little like a 10 minute short that with uh, me and Jamie and uh, two of our former guests, Angela and Jess. The most lovely, lovely ladies. Love them. And they're hilarious. And Oh, God, they're hilarious. And so they came on to chat with us a little a little interstitial is would you call it that interstitial yeah an interstitial sure uh, it's really it's cool and i'm so i'm like so jazzed that we're a part of this because this is like i know this it's one of my favorite events of pride it's like every year I, I bring the kids and we go and we bring like a clipboard and we try to sign people up for our mailing list which i actually make the kids do which is <laughs> yeah, hilarious because you can't you you don't like to do that no i don't but the event is so fun and it's like so amazing to see out on a pier in new york city all of our lgbtq family spread out on blankets watching some family movie. It's like, this is 
amazing. It's nice to see the community, but it's virtual this year. And the beauty of that is now we can broaden this community even bigger. Totally. It's not just New York. So if you guys want to be a part of the Pride movie night, go sign up. Yeah, and join us. Cool. New York's, it's nycpride.org, nycpride.org. And then just look for family movie night and register for God's sakes. For God's sakes. Get in there. Okay. <laughs> well, we want to say, if you want to help us make this wonderful content that we're making right here for LGBTQ families. Not this part, you, probably the interviews. Not the Jamie and I part, but the other parts. <laughs> you can join our Patreon community and you'll help us make the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And and you're going to get bonus content for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the gestational carrier level in our Patreon, you're going to get video interviews of most episodes and those are dropped a day early, which is amazing. And good. And you're going to do a good thing, too, which is nice. Mm -hmm. So just head over to patreon.com slash ovaries talk and you can join us there. Join us. All right. So let's talk about our guest, Robin. Nobody wants to hear us. I say it all the time. No, they don't. It's like we're the thing they have to put up with to get to the good stuff. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the side salad. Mm -hmm. Like you eat the side salad because you want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But you really want the lasagna. Mm -hmm. Let's be just straight up honest. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, that was a long. That was a long way to go long. for that metaphor. All right, I'm not going to lie; so, I kind of lost focus. You, but. Yeah, you weren't paying. You disassociated <laughs> from your body. I saw it. Um, okay, so this is our very first episode where a listener nominated someone else to be on the podcast, which I love. So cool. That wasn't like a famous person, but like nominated like uh, someone in their community that they thought was awesome. Is doing really great work. Yeah. So Nicole sent us an email talking about how awesome Ashley and Sharia are. And then they've chronicled their journey that involved trying to conceive, pregnancy, miscarriage, an ectopic pregnancy, parenthood, surrogacy, and then an autism diagnosis for one of their kids. And Ashley's been sharing it all on social media. Yeah. And and so Nicole nominated them because the whole chronicling of it has made such an impact on Nicole. And so she just knew that some other folks might might be helped by this story as well. Yeah. We also do want to, we want to make one thing clear. You know, we do talk about autism in this episode, which Robin and I are not experts in any way on. We were learning. We are not doctors. No, we are. And I think everyone knows that, Everybody Jamie. knows we are not doctors. We were learning as we go. So basically, we would just want to say we're not advocating for any path for your for your kid if, if you, you do have a child with autism. We're just, we're, do your research, consult experts, and do what is best for your gut, just like Ashley and Sheree are right. doing. You know, it's like that's what they're doing and they talk a lot about that. So we just want to be really clear that that's that's where we're coming we're from. We're not advocating the, yeah, any path. Any path. We're just telling the story. And they and they aren't either. And they make a point of saying that. But we just want to make sure that that's really clear up front as you go into it. Listening. Yeah, they did what was right for them. You do what's right for you. And Correct. it's all peace and love. And we love you all. And we wish don't, everyone the best. Stop making hearts. Heart things with I have fingers. to make the hearts because it's Helen just nudged me and said, tell her to stop making the heart. The heart Helen loves my hearts. Helen's Listen, just going to roll the tape over us. No, Helen loves okay, everything. Helen. Helen, tell her how much you love my hearts. Helen's not real, guys. She's not real. It's, I don't love she, her. <laughs> <laughs> roll the tape, Helen. Roll the roll tape. Roll that tape. Oh, my God. Hi, Ashley and Sharia. Welcome. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hi. So exciting to have you all here. Yes. Yeah, we are very excited yes. to have you on. Very excited. <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> My yeah. wife made me. <laughs> no, no, not at all. She was more willing than I actually thought she was going to be. <laughs> that's great because you got an important story to tell. Yes. If that's not a transition into the elevator pitch, I don't know what is. <laughs> so we're going to get 30 seconds. But of course, 
come on, who cares? You can keep going. I'm going to put this little timer up to give you some anxiety. Just to make you nervous. Because <laughs> we like to start the show off with anxiety. Are you guys ready? No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't at all. On all your right. mark. Get set. Go. Okay, so I'm Ashley. That's Shreya. We have been married for four, four years. years. We've been together for like over 10 um, we have a daughter who's eight or eight, who's 12, going to be 12 and a son who's going to be three. Um, and we just found out he was diagnosed with autism. Um, I've been a surrogate for a gay male couple that lives in Switzerland. I had twins for them. What else? For a military family. Military family. We've gone through some deployments together and co-parent really well with our daughter's dad and his whole family and his kids. And yeah, we've got a lot going on i guess yeah <laughs> that's it i don't know i didn't want to stop you because there's just more things just kept coming up there that was yeah. amazing i mean i guess it seems like a lot when we say it but for us it's just life every day <laughs> yeah can you tell us about your the, the military background and and what you do there and all that of course yeah so i've been in 11 years it'll go on 12 years um this september I originally started in the maintenance field doing analysis for our F-16s here in Duluth. And then I went on to plans and scheduling for all of the maintenance on the jets. And now I'm happily in the communications flight. So I take care of like our internet site and then also like all of our records on base. She's been deployed to Kuwait and Korea. Also, by the way, I bet mm-hmm. you didn't know this, but my dad was a um, in the Air Force and he was an engineer on gear and what have you. I don't even know how to say that. Cool. You know what? Cool. You know what? Was your dad too? My uncle worked for NASA. Oh, and very cool. I don't think he was like that, you know, special about it. But also, <laughs> um, my grandma he went for NASA. So <laughs> my grandma was a member of the ninety nines club. The Amelia oh. Earhart Flyers. Yeah, we. I'm a. I'm a family of flyers. We were. I'm that from a military family, but it that ended is awesome after Vietnam. Yeah. What, so I'm in yeah. the Air National Guard. So I've always been stationed here in Duluth. Other than deployments. Yeah. Other than deployments, I've always been in Duluth, and I absolutely love it. So she was in before we could even talk about us being together, and she couldn't talk about being gay, and we weren't allowed to post anything on social media nothing like i was not allowed to post and i'm an open book and i wasn't allowed to post anything of this hot girl i had on my arm you know like it was i was like you're killing me what do you mean i can't talk about this um but now we've obviously come a long way so but that was during don't ask don't tell or that was even after because when did that get repealed that was probably around 2012-ish, I want to say. Yeah. when that started becoming, like, more acceptable, you could say. To- but even after, it wasn't yeah. like everyone was like, I'm gay. I was going to say, do you pick like- and choose who you tell still? Nope. No. I am completely open up there. And, like, even... I, were- I volunteer up there at the base. Um, I'm, like... They call us key volunteers. We're like the key spouses. Like I call all the families when they have somebody deployed to make sure they're okay or if they need anything or if their stove broke, they can call me and I can get resources for them and stuff. Actually, my stove is currently broken. If you could get me some resources. (laughs) Let me just call some people. (laughs) No, we are a whole force to be reckoned with up there. Like somebody's stove broke not that long ago and we had somebody there in like two days and it was paid for and everything. So 
yeah, everybody up there knows. I think they like me better, actually, than her. Doesn't it always end up that way? (laughs) It always does. I mean, (laughs) as incredible as she is, it'd be hard not to. So, yeah. I can't believe you've been together so long and you're so nice to each other. Jamie, we're doing it wrong. Not always. We're doing it wrong. Do you guys live on the on a base? Is that no, no, oh okay. no? Our base it's really small. It's not like those big li- live on bases. There's like not actually any apartments or houses or anything on our base. But. Interesting. Okay. And are you just to dig in deeper with this military thing? Are there other gay couples? There are a couple, not a whole lot, but like we do know of each other and we support each other. I know that the secret another, wave. Um, <laughs> No <laughs> secret handshake. Yeah, right. You're like passing We're toasters to each other, legs <laughs> next to each other. They yeah. did. They did do when she was in Korea or Kuwait. I was in Kuwait when she was in Kuwait. Her and a couple of the other um, LGBT people that were deployed with her. They did a photo shoot because we're also photographers. And they did a photo shoot on the flight line in front of the jets with rainbow flags and in their uniform. And they are some badass pictures oh, they're that's really cool. so cool we have to see yeah. those i want to see yeah, those. i'll have yeah. to send them to you guys because they are so cool that's yeah. awesome yay yeah. yay yeah. i like to hear good stories about our military being yeah open it's really nice up here there's a lot of people that are accepting of it i mean there's some people that are still like i mean you're always going to have the people that don't agree with everything that you do but at the end of the day we all come together and we work together and we get to get the mission done Mm-hmm. That's how Jamie and I operate. We got to get the mission done. <laughs> we got to record this podcast. We don't yeah. always agree with each other, but we're going to get this thing done. Sometimes that's what. Sometimes that makes it more interesting when you don't always agree. <laughs> I, I, that that might be why we last. We're lasting so long. <laughs> Just kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> Jamie, have you have you got big plans for the summer? I mean, what about for the next year? In any of your plans include trying for kids because there's an easy way to learn more about your body while you're thinking ahead. Did you know that, Jamie? That is true. The Modern Fertility Hormone Test is a simple at-home finger prick that unlocks tons of insight into your reproductive health from egg count to menopause timing to possible outcomes for egg freezing or IVF. All good things to know if kids are in your future, Jamie. That's true. This is actually true, and it's great for the LGBTQ plus community. Because, guys, we spend so much time creating our families, it is important to find those money saver options mm-hmm. along the way. And the truth is, traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, which we know so well. But modern fertility only costs $159, and you're going to get the same information. Money saver. Mic drop. Okay, Boom. don't say that. Also, <laughs> if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on modern fertility, more saving Ka-ching. Jamie makes me say that every time. Okay. And ka-ching is better than mic drop. Oh, so you ruined my joke. You see? (laughs) That's what you get. (laughs) All right. So you're going to get insights into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and other important fertility factors. And it doesn't stop there, Jamie. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Yes. So if you are ready to start this baby-making journey, this might be the right place for you to start. Mm-hmm. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com OCT. That means, guys, that your test is going to cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get 20 bucks off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com OCT, Jamie. Modernfertility.com OCT. <laughs> 
So can you tell yeah. us about the kids? No, and We're not asking the same to, question. Uh, where were you going somewhere else? I was going to ask how you guys okay. met. Oh, gosh. Okay. The way we met was a friend of ours, a mutual friend, told me that um, she was like, you know, that couple I told you about, she had kind of a crush on the girl Sharia was dating. And she's like, they broke up. And I was like, oh, I feel like I remember Sharia being cute. Can you show me a picture of her? And she showed me a picture of her. And I was like, okay, what's her phone number? And she told me, and I just texted her. I said, hey, you don't know who I am, but I think you're really hot. And she was like, hey, you should come hang out with me. And I went and hung out and that was it. Wow. (laughs) The rest is history. I was just really bold. And did your your friend end up with the other one? No. Oh, that's too bad for your friend. (laughs) He actually ended up marrying another guy from base yeah. and we're friends with them. Oh, okay. okay. All right. The dance yeah. well. And then to answer Robin's question, you wanted to hear about like what our kids are like, or, or... like how did they appear in your, in your lives? Okay. Because I'm doing some math on how long you've been <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah. Um, well, I had Kira at 18 um, and I was in a previous marriage with her dad, who I had been with since I was like 14 years old. Wow. So we were like best friends. Basically. I didn't know like, that I was gay yet until um, I was actually started feeling it. Like when I was pregnant with Kira and then we got married because our parents just thought, you know, you're pregnant, you guys should get married. And we did. And we laugh now, or she laughs at me because our wedding pictures, I was not, I didn't smile in a single picture. Oh no! I look angry and foreshadowing every photo. I literally yeah. had my arms crossed. Yes. It was bad. <laughs> I show Kira the pictures and I'm like, look how happy mom looks in these. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Sharia came into our life when Kira was like two. Just under two and a half. Yeah, and so she's been mama for, I mean, I don't think it took very long. She's been, she stepped up and was has been an amazing mom to her. And that was hard on Kira's dad for a little while, but now him and Sharia are like besties and- He's trying to convince us to make him Huxley's godfather. So Aww, that's sweet. <laughs> we're pretty close. And we I watch their they have two boys now and they're pregnant again. So I we're a very close family and it's good for Kira. And she goes back and forth. But yeah, I'm mommy and she's mama. And then, you know, she's got her dad, too. So that's great. And then, yeah, we got married and then we we actually did IUI at home for Huxley. And we had a known donor. He was a very good friend of ours. Um, still, is. still is. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to go through the California cryo bank and then we were just like struggling with just, it was very overwhelming and expensive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously we were willing to pay for it, but we were like, it's like however much for one try and what if it doesn't take. And- yeah. And then they called us. It's actually, um, two of our best friends, they're a couple and they're married and they have two kids and they called and said, like, we want to help you have a baby. And so Wait, you didn't even ask a gay, them? A gay couple. Someone just no, we didn't ask. And- nope. Straight couple, a straight couple even. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's been my best friend for like 15 years. And then they met since we've been friends and they were all done. So they decided that before he got, um, fixed that he was going to help us have a baby. Yeah. So I love the idea of this couple having a whole conversation about your future child without even <laughs> yeah. you being a part of it. You guys are like eating Chinese yeah. and they're like, we should definitely give your sperm. Yeah. yeah. We had a barbecue like the night before and we were kind of, they, our friends were asking us like how it's going. And we were t- telling them like, we were kind of stressed about it, but like it would happen when it happened. And then the next morning they, I mean, I think that must've inspired it. And then the next morning they called and said, 
FaceTimed and said, we want to help you have a baby. And we just cried and cried and cried. And yeah, the first pregnancy, we, I had a ectopic pregnancy. So um, I had to be rushed into emergency surgery. And can you just explain exactly what ectopic is just for listeners? I mean, I know, I know, but I might not completely know. So let's let's go. (laughs) I honestly had no idea. Like you hear about it on like the commercials that are like you, this could cause ectopic pregnancy or whatever, but I had never heard of anybody having it. And then one morning I woke up and I was in just excruciating pain and I know my body really well. And I was like, I can't stand up. I don't feel good. And I was just paranoid that I was having a miscarriage. Um, So Shreya came home and we went to the emergency room and they did an ultrasound. They they did an ultrasound. They did a pelvic examination as well. And they did a urine test and they Mm -hmm. told me that all the levels were perfectly normal and that our baby should be fine and they thought that maybe I needed like a kidney they thought it was your kidney they thought it was a kidney surgery that I needed I don't know it's like growing in a different place yeah I don't know in the fallopian tubes fallopian it's in the fallopian tube yep so we got so excited because we were like okay well I don't care if something's wrong with my (laughs) kidney my baby's okay like I honestly didn't care about anything else And then um, less than, you know, a little while later, they came in and they said, we need to rush you to surgery, like barely explained it. So what had happened was the baby, while it was traveling, you know, up, it stopped and it actually attaches into the fallopian tube Mm -hmm. and then it just stays put there. So any pregnancy tests you take or anything like that still shows you're pregnant. But what can happen is it can rupture. Yeah. And then if it ruptures, you can actually, I could have died. Um, you could bleed out. Um, there's a lot of different things. And so they basically rushed me to surgery, said that they were going to try to save my tube, but if they couldn't, then they couldn't. So I ended up losing a tube. Um, and that scared us thinking I wasn't going to get, be able to get pregnant as easily. We already don't have an easy time getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So that was a really, really dark, hard time. And it was like, the day before Mother's Day or something like that. Yeah, it was a couple of days before Mother's yeah, Day. Yeah, it was like right yeah. around Mother's Day. So that was tough. And then we waited a year to try to have Huxley. Mm-hmm. And then we used Mosey Baby that time instead of like a different kind of syringe, which was made for doing IUIs. It's like a more rounded syringe. And we got pregnant with Huxley the first try and with only one tube. So with the same donor. Yeah, same donor. Same donor. Wow. Yeah. And did you, oh, did yeah. you have to do any extra monitoring? Cause like, cause I mean, I remember at one point when I was trying that they say that like one month, the egg drops from one tube and then the yeah. other, the other. So how did you know which month to do it? You just did it both anyway. We didn't, there's no way to know which side is which without like going in and getting all the, the testing, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the testing. So basically I just kept track of my ovulating and my period, just like I would normally. And we just had to kind of hope for the best. And if it didn't happen this month, then we would try next month. But I ended up getting pregnant the first try. We just had to wait a while because I had like laparoscopic surgery for the ectopics. So I had, it wasn't like a super invasive surgery, but my abdomen was very sore for a long time. So, so you get pregnant. That's exciting. And the pregnancy was fine. No complications. That's amazing. That's no complications at all. It was, and I was gone when you were pregnant. Yeah. She moved us. She was deployed (laughs) while I was pregnant with Huxley and I moved us to a whole other house. Wow. That's (laughs) fun. All kinds of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, it was a totally normal pregnancy. That's great. How long were you deployed for? 
Uh, just over three months, I want to say. Wow. That's yeah. a long time to be away. Yeah. It it's is. not as bad as some deployments, but it's still, it's still hard on, especially on Kira. It was hard, but. Yeah, no, we have, we have some friends that are gone six months to over, over a year, you know? So I have to be thankful that whenever I go have gone, it's only been three months at a time. And are you still like, cause that's still a possibility. Like you could be deployed. That's that, that's oh, ongoing. Yeah. It's always a possibility. I mean, I had to go to a training earlier last month yeah and i was only gone two nights but our daughter started getting worried in she the had fear like, that i was gonna be gone again for the uh, military and i was like oh no i'll be back tomorrow night she like wouldn't go to sleep for me she's like mama's gone and i don't know what to do and i feel like she's gonna be gone forever again i was like honey she's gone like two hours away for she's like she's in a ramada nights. she'll be home tomorrow everything's <laughs> fine correct everything's gonna be fine just take some melatonin and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of the melatonin. Same. I'm very much am. Our daughter has anxiety, so it's good for her to sleep. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Same. Me too, yeah. Oh, you know how much I love dinner. <laughs> um, random. No, Jamie, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, truth. I love it so much because it really is the only time Anne and I get to ourselves. We give the kids... The one hour of screen time they get, and we cook together. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And we've been using Every Plate, which is one of the best value meal kits out there. Did you know, Robin, that Every Plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm saving money, cooking great meals, and getting quality time with my wife. Oh my god! Win. I win. love this, and I love yeah. Every Plate too. I mean, their food is fantastic. It is. But also, is. my daughter cooks the meals with me, which is you know, it's like some special time and. And honestly, using every plate helps us have more pleasant cooking experience because every plate provides easy to follow recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients. So I'm not down her neck with the with the chopping and the prepping, which makes both of us happier cooks. I see that. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. See, cooking with kids can be pleasant. It can. Yeah, mine, it can be. Yours. <laughs> yours. <laughs> but listen, I love that I don't have to plan the weekly meals or shop for them. I don't like to do that. Yeah, nope. Planning menus stresses me out, and I have never, ever liked the grocery store. Ask my mom. If I can avoid shopping, I am a happy camper. And every recipe comes together in about 30 minutes. Yeah. So Ann and I even have time for a glass of wine yeah, and beer you do. for chill time. Yeah, you do. Kid-free. I'm yeah, happy we do. for you. You take yeah. that quality time, lady. I'm, I'm, I will. I, I'm happy we found every plate because most meal kits are super expensive and complicated which no parent really has time for. But mm -mm. every mm -mm. plate is actually affordable and it is delicious. One meal is basically the price of a cup of coffee, which, come on, that's ridiculous. I mean, come on now, seriously, a cup of coffee, a meal, boom. And, okay, guys, for the folks at home, you can try every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes what? by going to everyplate.com and entering code OCT199. Just write it down. Get started with every plate for just $1.99 per meal plus an additional 20% off another two weeks by going to everyplate.com, entering the code OCT199. That's up to $100 value. We are Robin. bringing deals. Boom. So you have Huxley. Yes. Yeah. And then when he was three months old. Yeah, when he was three months old, I had to leave for schooling down in mississippi oh. so but that was also around the time i signed up to be a surrogate yep so it was it's well, been okay. very eventful yeah so so okay you had an ectopic pregnancy yeah 
you're missing a fallopian tube now. Yep. And you decide, mm, I think I want to have someone else's babies for them. So I had both with Huxley and Kira, they, the pregnancies were really smooth, really easy. I like didn't have morning sickness. I was pretty comfortable. I don't gain a whole lot of weight. Like I just was an easy pregnant person and people don't love to hear that from me, especially when other women who have been pregnant, but like, it was just really easy for me. And then with having, you know, a friend of ours help us to have Huxley, like, I just felt like we wouldn't have had him if somebody hadn't helped us. And a lot of other people are in our shoes. And so I just wanted to give back in a different way, I guess. And I signed up to be a surrogate and I specifically said that I wanted to do it for a gay couple. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to do it for, I like wasn't trying to hate on anybody that's (laughs) straight and has problems, but I was like, I specifically want to do this for either, you know, another lesbian couple or a gay male couple. So And did you go through an agency or a surrogacy service? Yeah, we have one in Minneapolis and they're great. So they match, they do like a whole matching process. And we matched with a couple from Switzerland and they are like the male versions of us. And we just clicked and it was like the most beautiful thing, most beautiful experience other than having our own children. But Is there not a lot of surrogacy in Switzerland that they needed to come to the U.S.? Actually, they are not allowed to have surrogates in Switzerland. So oh, I didn't you know that. Yeah. It was because they were gay. It, so in Switzerland, they technically can't be married. Um, oh, they're still trying to pass those laws. Um, they have like a legal partnership, but they can't have like their marriage isn't legal right now. And they both can't. They have to like parent their kids for a year before they can legally adopt like the opposite twin. That isn't like there because there's one twin from each dad right so yes they so they each only one name could go like the dad that you know on the one birth certificate and then the other dad on the other birth certificate yes yes so then they uh they have to wait a year of living together before the other can adopt the opposite child wow wow it's crazy when they first told us that we were like in switzerland and they're like yeah it's really old school still there you wouldn't think that about Switzerland. Mm-mm. No. You think that about you our country. About but... Switzerland being so nice and down what? the middle. So they said that it is really like trendy, I guess, and like up to date in like certain areas, but their laws are very, very old school. Yeah. Huh. All their laws are very old school. And but the way they make their laws, they told us, was that like they collectively vote. Like everyone gets to take a vote on some like a certain topic uh-huh. and it can happen like once every it's year. every four months they have to vote oh. they vote like every four months on a certain law so they have a really good feeling that this next time they vote for gay marriage that it could pass this time but, i hope so that must have been yeah, so I hard so to too. have you be separated so far it's one thing to be yes. in like pennsylvania and new york but it's another to be yes. in switzerland and the u.s like Mm-hmm. That had to be expensive so was, for them. And it was expensive for them. But then also they were planning to stay here a month for like all the legal things after. But she ended up going into labor early. As so you they do. weren't here. So they weren't here. Yeah. And they got here two days after. So <sighs> we were taking care of the kiddos in the NICU. Uh, and, then, and then they ended up staying with us for like three, three months. Three oh months. God, they lived with us. 
All, all of them. All of them. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I mean, and then COVID hit. So we, they couldn't get back home for a little while. So they were only supposed to be here like a month. And then the babies were in the NICU and COVID hit. So there was no traveling. So they were, they ended up having to stay like way longer than they planned to. Wow. So, what was that like for you, Ashley? Because I know that you don't have a genetic tie to the children, but you did just mm-hmm. carry them in your womb for close to nine months. Yeah. And now, and then all of a sudden, now you are actually having to take care of them because well, the, the dads couldn't get over in time. They were only here two days after the twins were born. So they were still in the hospital in the NICU and I had a C-section. So I was technically still in the hospital recovering myself and I would go down and see them in the NICU, but they couldn't like breastfeed or anything like that anyway. Yeah. So I was pumping for them, but like they never, re- I like got to do skin on skin with them and stuff. But I don't know how to explain it, but it just didn't feel like it felt a lot like how I feel about my nieces and nephews, but I didn't feel the way I felt about my kids. Huh. So like they call us, they call us Zia. It's Italian for auntie because um, one of the dads is Italian, but like we're aunties to them. Even now when they FaceTime us, they know our voices really well. But when they left, I was sad, but I didn't feel like somebody just took my kids to Switzerland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it's not like giving a baby up for adoption. Nephew. Yeah. Right. Were you at all worried that you might have feelings for the babies? Um, I told Sharia that I like I was like, I might need you for like a day or two after I have them like adjusting. Like I may have like an emotional moment, but like I really didn't feel like I was going to. And I had one moment and that was one of the twins came home early and um, one of the dads just didn't he wanted to show us that he could do it without us basically. They, and they could, but I'm just a very helpful and I love babies. So I was like, Oh, here, let me help. He was like, no, no, I got it. And I remember crying. Cause I was like, why? Like he let me carry his babies, but he won't let me help with them. But then I never felt that again. It was kind of just like, why doesn't he trust me to help him? But he did. He was just being a protective dad over his three pound baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I'm used to people being like, take my kids because everybody <laughs> trusts me with their kids. So it was hard for me for a second. But you can take I my think... kids anytime. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I would love to. Send them up. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no boundaries either because you're all in this house and you're all yeah. like, the, it's just like, it's, I mean, we interviewed a surrogate who said that she made sure she had her own recovery room after so that they could take oh. the baby in another room just because she wanted separation for them. And you all didn't have that. And it's not bad, but I could see where that would get confusing for a minute. I think there are some surrogates who have to be like, you know, they give birth and then like, take it, take the baby out. Like I, I did this for you, but I can't like have a connection to the baby where for me, I think it would have been 10 times harder for me to carry the babies and not know them. Yeah. Like there was like options to have a closed surrogacy where you just basically carry their baby. You don't talk to them the whole pregnancy. You give them the baby when it's born and you go your separate ways. And I was like, Oh no, I want an open situation. And the dads wanted the same thing. And so they were very good about, you know, wanting us to be included, but they also wanted to show us that like, we can do this. We promise when we get home, like we don't need you guys. Um, but we're very like, here, let us help people. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, we kind of butt heads in that sense, but we actually like lived together really well. Really well. And they had the whole downstairs. We have like a split level house mm-hmm. and they were like, had the whole downstairs and we just had the upstairs, but they'd come, you know, we had dinners together and hung out, but like night times and stuff, they were all, you know, we didn't help with the babies or anything. Huh. And Sharia, what was it like for you? The whole surrogacy experience? 
it was exciting just getting to see that whole side of things. Like, I guess for us, we never had to have somebody carry mm-hmm. our kid. Like, I could be there and feel her kicks. And she tried whatnot. to include them in everything that she got to be a part of since mm-hmm. they didn't. Like, if she felt a kick or something like that, we, we would video them or message them and she would FaceTime them at every appointment. Like, she was kind of the keeping them included in everything. And you went to all the appointments, sure. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. We had a lot of ultrasounds since there were twins. So was that a shock? The twins or was, was that the was plan? Exciting. That's what they were trying for. Um, they wanted to try for twins, one from each dad. But mm-hmm. of course, there was a million scenarios that could happen. Like only one stuck mm-hmm. one from one dad could split off and be twins. It could have been triplets. Could have been 14 babies. Like, oh my goodness. We just didn't know. <laughs> we just didn't know. That's too know. many babies. I'm um, going to say it. That's too yeah, many babies. 14. I was like, I'm going to have a TV show. This sure would. Yeah, that's what you would have gotten is a TV show out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it actually took the first embryo transfer and it took a boy and a girl and it took one from each dad all on the first wow. try. It was just everything. like uh, everything aligned. And they could tell that when you get pregnant and you you know it's twins they, they can tell that it's one from each no they like, had to find out after oh okay so they, they were yep, just so hoping. after you have the babies before we go to court because we actually had to go to court and sign over our rights even though they weren't our Isn't that babies. crazy right sharia too you had to sign over yep. your rights really yep. Yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so before we went to court they had to do a dna test for the babies to find out who was the biological dad for each twin so that the paperwork was all right for And did they do that test on Maury Povich or did they do it at a hospital? <laughs> I wish they had done it on Maury. The dad no. is. No, they actually they're not you telling are. any of their family. No, a lot of a lot of uh, gay couples, male couples that we've spoken to don't 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 disclose that information. Yeah. It's their no, private and information. It doesn't, and it it makes doesn't sense. matter. Most people think that she carried our kids because they look just like her. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> both Kira and Huxley look just like her and act just like her. And I carried both of them. They're like, does that make you mad? I'm like, no, that was kind of the point. Like, like I married her, so I kind of dig her. Yeah. So yeah, I it's kind of like her a little. Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't that feel good, Sharia, when somebody says, oh, he looks just like you. I yes. love it when people say that about my daughter. I get so yeah. happy because mm-hmm. me and my daughter share the secret that we're not even genetically tied, you oh. know, uh-huh. <laughs> and yep. it's like our thing. Yeah, yeah, it does feel good. It's cool. It's really cool. I heard on one of your shows, I was just telling her last night that you guys said there was a study done that like the mannerisms and stuff like that, like even somebody could adopt a baby and they pick up their facial expressions and things like that. And I was like, I never knew there was a study done on that. But that makes sense why Huxley is literally you. Well, let's talk about Huxley. You you mentioned that he was diagnosed with autism. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just like two, three weeks ago that we found out. And I just want to say out front you guys are totally fine talking about this and we're not like we're, we're not, not like, prying. oh yeah yep. we're not trying to pry nope. so if there's anything that you don't no, want no. to share please nothing off limits tell us <laughs> we kind of have known for well not known but had an idea for longer but because he was so young they didn't want to diagnose him so he actually had an assessment done at the end of last year it was august of last year and so he was two. so he had yeah, like, almost, two, almost two. two. It was like right before he turned to a few weeks and they did the full autism assessment on him then. And she was really great because she said, basically, you know, he shows a lot of signs of it, but he's really young. And once we put this on this diagnosis on him, it's there for good. And right. I would rather wait. 
So she's like, you know, make an appointment in six more months mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there. So we just had him assessed again. Um, and they did diagnose him with autism this time. What so. were the things that like the indicators that you saw that made you think this might be something that was going on? We actually never thought that because, you know, we knew he wasn't like as crazy and rambunctious as other toddlers and stuff like that. But we were like, it's just Huxley. And he does a lot of the arm flapping. I don't know how familiar you guys are with autism, but um, too much. So he does a lot of this like excited arm Mm -hmm. flapping. And to us, it's just Huxley. And it's so freaking adorable yeah, and, and a lot of babies care less. do that too yeah right? and it's so. like we always joke that he's gonna fly away because he flaps so fast and he's so excited and he does a lot of <laughs> clapping and stuff and we were just like it's just hux mm-hmm. like he's just our son it's just who he is and so we didn't think twice about it but then yes. at one of his doctor's appointments 18 month appointment you had to fill out the paperwork for it and it was asking questions yeah like he's not very social and like the rest of us way are and you know even really close family like um grandpas grandmas aunts that are here all the time and things like that he doesn't want them near him or to touch him he'll kind of like away from them he's not like oh grandpa's here you know like i feel like is more common and it took him a while actually to build like he was very attached to just me which is also another thing that mm-hmm. some kids just yeah. do and i stay home right so yeah, it makes sense it wasn't weird but he never slept never like he was almost two and we'd sleep three hours if oh that a night. oh god bless yeah. your heart oh, i don't i always <laughs> tell her sad. i don't know how i was live. just gonna say you look you both look fantastic you're still I staring know. at each other lovingly <laughs> i do not oh, understand that. i almost killed her with a pillow a few times <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it i get it she's been trained to sleep when jets are taking <laughs> off around her so she, like the house could be bom- like i've always joked with her that i could pack my whole entire house up in the middle of the night and leave her and she would never know like <laughs> i always tease her about that so huxley being awake wasn't enough to keep her up so i'd be awake with huxley because i wake up to a pin drop and she'd be snoring next to me and i would just be like i have dre- like i have like envisioned putting a pillow over her face and suffocating poor me. sharia um, she's like i was just sleeping it's fine it's fine we've moved past this point and she didn't do it that's important she didn't she, i it. didn't do it it's that 3 a.m rage i understand yes. it. it's the 3 yeah, a.m it's 3 a.m and you're sleeping yeah. and i'm not and then yep, everything for just, hours. and then it just spins out of control. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, folks, let's talk better help. Yes. We could all use some therapy sometimes or all the time. Speak for yourself, Jamie. I am. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> better help is online therapy that is done securely online. You go to their website, you sign up, and you could start communicating with a licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours, which I do yes. actually really need. We all do. That's my point. It's not a crisis line. It is not self-help, guys. It is professional counseling, which, like I said, we could all use. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally in many areas. So you can possibly find someone more qualified to deal with what you need than you might have been able to find locally. Um, There's nothing like finding exactly what you need. Nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I also love that it's super accessible. You can log into your account anytime and you can send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also last night while having drinks with a friend, I was trying to talk her into better help, just so you know. I mean, all we do is talk people into better help. It's true. I'm like, we have a code. We have so many codes. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed, which is also important. Mm -hmm. And BetterHelp, they just want you to start living a happier life today, Mm -hmm. which is important. Mm -hmm. So visit BetterHelp.com slash OCT. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, except for my friend, that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Yes. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And if these Overs Could Talk listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash OCT. So we, they did like the, it was like the 18 month questionnaire and I asked a lot of socialization questions and then like peekaboo and Patty, like Patty clap and things like that. Building games, towers. Bu- building towers. Like he plays, but it's very different play than other toddlers. And so I answered honestly on them. And then I also planned to talk to her about his sleeping then because we, I had read, I don't know how many books I had done all these things to figure out why my kid isn't sleeping mm-hmm. and like the sleep training stuff of like cry it out and things like that were not an option for him because he would literally stay in his room and cry oh, all night. First geez. of all, second, I'm not like really that. down for that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we did try it for a couple of nights because we were like, we don't have any other options, but we weren't like, I wasn't a big fan of just listening to him cry. Mm-hmm. And our pediatrician was trying to tell me to do it. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like my son will stay up the entire night wow. screaming. Same, same. I mean, like, I, I don't know if it would have been the whole entire night, but we never let it go that long. But, yeah, it, yeah, it would have been like it just the, some kids cry themselves to sleep, tire out and go to sleep like some kids just don't and it doesn't work. But so, you know, to us, it was just like well, he must just not love sleep. Well, then our pediatrician said, um, oh, let me just check over these boxes that you did. Um, I was just wondering a little bit of something about autism. And she just barely mentioned it really casually and like quietly. And I was like, okay. And then she looked at the form and she's like, oh yeah, no, I'm not worried. And I was like, okay, uh, okay. But then as a mom, you like hear that word and you're like, wait, bet, pump the brakes. Like what are you, <laughs> what's happening? And I was like, so you're not worried about that? And she's like, nope, not worried. You don't need to be worried about it or whatever. So then I came home and I mentioned it to Sharia. Of course we got on the Google yep. and like did some research and everything that we read about autism, we were like, yup, 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 yup. So I called my pediatrician back and I was like, Hey, like, I know you said I shouldn't worry about this, but now that we've done some research, since we had no idea about autism, like I'll be honest, we were ignorant about it. We had no idea. And she was like, yeah, no, I, I'm not concerned at all. I don't think you need to be concerned at all about Huxley having autism. I'm sorry for like putting that in your head, but don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. But then we just had this really heavy feeling that it was something that we still like, even though she said that we still needed to do our own research on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so we had made him that appointment and it was actually at the Minnesota autism center in the cities. And so they specialized in it. They're like, we just went around her and kind of had that done and, you know, them thinking that he had it. And then we had them refer us to a sleep doctor and the sleep doctor told me I am going to be so so unbelievably shocked if your son's not diagnosed with autism because his sleep pattern is very similar to an autistic child. Did he explain why? Yeah, what is the correlation? What that is? So he said that autistic, um, and I don't want to speak for all autistics, we're still learning, but from what I've read about and from actually autistic adults and stuff is that they don't need as much sleep as we do. 
So they can function. So that was one of the big things. Like Huxley would be awake all night, but he'd function all day and be happy and be happy. He wouldn't be lazy and tired and like crabby. He was totally fine. So, and that's what, (laughs) (laughs) so that was another confusing thing because it was like, he's literally not even tired. He would sleep two hours and then he'd be like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Like clapping, running around, giggling, like totally fine. So they did put him on a sleep medication. And so now he's on like an adult insomniac medication, but a very small dose Mm -hmm. every night. And if he, you know, it's an intense med, so we can't miss it ever. And now he sleeps great, but he doesn't like nap too and stuff like that's asking too much, but. (laughs) Because he, even if he's fine and functioning fine with no sleep, he needs sleep, right? To, to grow. To yes. grow and to, to for develop, his, develop, to develop your then, brain development happens at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like his sleep doctor was saying, you know, even like some autistics that are like teenagers, they may stay up all night and be fine too. And they're safe because they know either stay in my room and watch TV or whatever. Huxley being two at the time and now three can't be awake all night and us still sleep. Like we, mm-hmm. one of us has to be awake with him. So he's like, this isn't healthy for you guys. And it's not healthy for him. He's like, you guys are chronically like exhausted at this point because it had been almost two years of us sleeping three hours a night. And so the medicine, you know, has saved all of us, but, Mm -hmm. and he does really well on it. There might be still some nights that he wakes up, but it's very rare now. Like it was no. So, so yeah, so that was another sign that we were doing the right thing by having him evaluated because even the sleep doctor said his sleep pattern was, you know, consistent with someone with autism but and now that we know that he has it I mean not a lot is changing for us because I've done a lot of research about like ABA therapy which is the only thing they recommend and I've actually we've learned so much about how harmful it actually is and what is that so it's applied Applied. behavioral therapy analysis therapy and it's like the only thing that our doctor recommended for Huxley and it was 20 to 40 hours a week of therapy Without, without us, us. for a two-year-old two yeah. and a half year old two and a half year old which i was like i'm kind of like a helicopter mom so i was like yeah that's a no for me <laughs> that's like, a hard I'll, no I'll, be- <laughs> I'll become an aba therapist and i'll do it for him how like, many hours do i need to become one of these yeah therapists? how do i get certified where do i sign <laughs> so <laughs> that was the first thing i said but then once i came home and did some research i was like we started crying because we read all these studies we learned from surprisingly TikTok. There are actually a lot of autistic adults on TikTok. I watch that a girl. I watch a teenager. The blonde, long blonde yes. hair. She's, yeah, she's yes. amazing. Um, Paige Leo. Yes, she's amazing. She's great. She she lays yes. it down. She tells you yep. how it is. I love her. So yeah. she's actually cried on a few of her TikToks talking about how disgusting and um, dehumanizing ABA therapy is, and now we've since learned like that made us dig deeper and we've since learned that like it's actually been compared to conversion therapy for gays it's Mm -hmm. been compared to like dog training therapies they like keep his favorite things away from him in order to make him act neurotypical yeah to start acting neurotypical and when he does and acts normal they'll give him his favorite thing back that's masking when he he's like learning to mask right And so we've actually learned now that it's actually caused some pretty serious PTSD in a lot of adult autistic people who have gone through ABA therapy. And so I straight up said to the doctor, I was like, what are my other options? Because this is what I've learned. And he like 
was so floored and like taken aback by me that he was like, you're only the third person who's ever questioned this. And I was like, yeah, what are my other options? And he was like, oh, um, um, I can't, I can't remember the he names said, of it. Oh I can't. Floor time ABA, which is more of like a play type ABA thing, but it's still the same type of therapy. It's just at their level at that point, which yeah. makes no sense. The thing that was shocking for me, that was, I was like, well, in all honesty, if I hadn't done research, if I had been like, if it weren't for like our pediatrician telling me, don't worry about him having autism. And then me question, you know, pushing back on that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, Huxley has definitely taught me that we know our, our kids better than any professional. And I'm not saying all professionals don't know what they're talking about. They're, you know, amazing. They know what they're doing, but they don't know our kid. You don't, they don't know your kid mm-hmm. like you do. And so I was like, no, I don't think we're going to do this. And he was like, well, this is what I'm recommending basically. And they couldn't give me any more options. So now I'm like, well, I guess we're going to figure out, figure it out at home ourselves and learn from actually autistic adults, because that is the best people we can learn from as far as I know. And I'll be damned if my son is treated like a dog or taught to be somebody he's not. Yeah. And so, yeah. So now we're kind of in that learning process where I'm reading all the time and podcasting all the time. And, um, what are some, well, what are some good resources that you found for folks at home who might be questioning this or worried about this or who um, have an autistic child? The best resources that I've seen so far, because there's so many other professionals who agree with what we're learning, but, you know, I feel like it's taken with a grain of salt coming from a professional who doesn't have autism or, um, you know, hasn't experienced it themselves. I've been literally been learning from any, like putting in, in the search bar on Instagram, like uh, actually autistic or actually autism hashtags and seeing all I've found like 50 autism run Instagram pages where I have learned so much. And that page layout, hers sticks out to me because I watch her TikToks, her Instagram. She shares a lot of these other pages. There's also another Instagram written motherhood. I think it is her. She has one Mm -hmm. or two kids with autism and she speaks so beautifully about it and has put all her resources and the things they do. But that's where we're at now is just learning basically from Instagram and and I've been listening to a few podcasts of moms that have kids with autism, but well, he's so he's else. so young that you're going to learn and grow with him where whatever path you yeah. choose. Yeah. I mean, please, it seems like you are you're that type of person that you're going to you're going to figure out the path for your family. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the best thing we can do right now is have him teach us. And that's what he's done so far. Mm-hmm. Like he teaches us, like he's non, he's completely non-speaking right now. He just recently, like within the last few weeks started saying, mama, 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 and <laughs> we're dying over it. And he says, sis sometimes, but we've learned with him how he wants to communicate things right. to us. And it's not like the average way of communicating, but we just know, you know what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You and have he gets his own. point across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some way or another, he gets his point across. Like, if he wants me to get up, he'll like grab my shirt and make direct eye contact with me and guide me to whatever he wants. Like, yeah, he knows how to get his point across. And we have him in speech therapy and occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. And his therapist there are great and agreed with me on the ABA stuff. But um, those ones aren't harmful. They're helping him, you know, with things that actually help him, like communicating and 
how to get his sensory needs met. Yeah. Right. So those are those are great. Because it can be frustrating not being able to get what you need by with oh, your yeah. communication. That can be yeah. super for anybody. For anyone, yeah. yes. Yeah. But I think you guys just bring up like such a great point that you know your kids. You know mm-hmm. your kids. And you know, if you have a feeling or if you like don't be afraid to reach out and find yes. find your answers. And if you don't get the answer you're looking for, go ask somebody else. I think that's such a good point. Yeah. Something that I need to do better. That's at. the biggest thing we've learned from all of this is like trust your gut. And even if a professional says, nope, I don't think that's a problem, but you do yeah. push. Right. Push. Get a find, second opinion. Yeah, it's yes. not gonna hurt anything. Right. Yeah. And and especially within the autistic world, it seems like every individual is just so varied. There it's yeah. yeah. It can be immensely different from person to person and so yeah what works for us might not work for everybody but what i just hope people the reason i recently shared about huxley having autism was mostly to put out there the aba stuff and because so many parents like us had never been around somebody with autism to know anything about it and so i felt like you're so desperate at that point of the diagnosis that you're like yes tell me what i need to do sign me up. What do I need to put them in? And then you're, you're just doing everything they say because you just want to do what's best for your kid. And you believe that that's what the professional is saying. And you could really cause some harmful stuff to your child, like with that therapy or, you know, whatever else that they say to do that shouldn't be done. I wonder if there are, um, autistic adults out there who, who were not harmed by the ABA therapy and and there could, there could be, there could be, or like recently, I just saw another TikTok of a woman who is I want to say she's late twenties. And she was saying that she never really felt like she had any problems from ABA, but then she was going to therapy for other reasons. And that it came out in therapy that like, she won't do anything unless there's a reason or an award for it. Like, why would I write in my journal to make myself feel better? Because I'm not going to get a sticker for it. Or why would I try to lose five pounds if I'm not going to get a sticker for it? Or why would I do this if I'm not going to get a sticker for it? And she's like, and this all just came out now in therapy that I actually have all these underlying problems from the way that therapy taught me. But I don't know. I mean, we've seen a lot of people talk about how amazing it is because they see the changes in their child. Right, right. But and, and, you know, there might be parents out there who are doing ABA therapy with their yeah. kids right now and it's working for them. And nobody yeah. is saying that, you know, that you shouldn't be doing that or that you're hard. Or no, no, you don't know. We don't know. But, you know, everybody has to do their own research and find out what's best for yeah. them. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think a lot of people want that instant um, reaction. You know, they go to you find out your child has autism. They're struggling in all these ways. They go to ABA therapy. They start communicating. They start being more social, they start, stop arm flapping, they stop, you know, stimming. And you're like, wow, I have a totally different kid. But in my opinion, and in our opinion, we don't, we don't need him to act neurotypical for us to be, you know, we're not embarrassed of him mm-hmm. arm flapping in public or being just who he is. So I don't know. I think those instant results, I mean, any, with anything in our world now is such a popular, you know, people are like, yeah, of course we want to do that. Right. I think you you just make know. a really interesting point. And like Jamie said, everyone can land wherever they believe based on their yeah. own research and they should do their own research. But I think the point that you make that's really mm-hmm. interesting is that. And I think we could all do this as parents. I maybe I should just speak for myself. I could do this better if just letting my kids be who they are. And that that yeah, goes yeah. across to everything. You know what I mean? That goes across <laughs> like, do, you know, just not trying to mold them. And that's difficult, yeah, you know, because right? it's like you want it's them to be so what you hard. want them to be. And so I just, that's what I'm hearing from what you're saying, you know, 
it's like you're doing a master class in yeah. that and then you know the rest is you'll figure out yeah i do think that all of us in our in our lives have been have been taught to you know obey and do what you're told and all these things and it's like sometimes it's like well what was so bad you know like yeah. like sometimes she'll she's like more of the stickler and she'll tell our daughter no about something and i'm like but what but why like do you have a good reason for why you said no and she's like well no and i'm like well then like how much is it hurting that? Yeah, because I said so. Oh, that was oh we do say preach to me as a child. Ditto, ditto. We do I, say that. I say that. I say it sometimes. Oh, I, do. I mean, I don't think you could be a parent and not say because I said so. I yeah, literally, right. I literally at the dinner table with my daughter was we're saying so we're talking about something and I was like, well, because it's not polite. And she was like, why do we have to be so perfect all the time? I said, we don't have to be perfect. We have to be kind and we have to be polite. And yeah. you're yelling because I said so. <laughs> Because we care about kindness in this family. Like, (laughs) literally sounds like a conversation in our home. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess my biggest thing about it all is just research. Like, don't always say, like, okay, they said we need to do this. Just go home and just research it because, you know, for like for us, if we had started ABA, we would have been really upset that we had done that. But we researched, we found out we don't want to. But as long as you do your research and find out, like, you know, both sides of, of it and whichever side you want to be on, be on that. But it's just like, I'm glad we did the research for Mm -hmm. us. And I want to put the information out there to other people who might parent like us so that they know they don't have to do that. Like you don't have to do it just because they said you should do it. And my kid doesn't really need a full-time job right now. So (laughs) there's that too. Oh my God. So there's that. There is that. You guys, I have loved talking to you and you coming on and sharing the story the bottom line is you guys are so your wonderful advocate and trust your kids yes. which comes yes. up time and time and time again on our yes. podcast yeah be oh, your own yeah. advocate tr- trust your gut yeah so important uh, will you keep us posted yes. on absolutely everything in your life i mean we need to know about yeah. deployment follow me on instagram oh, yeah tell us you? tell everybody um my instagram is just ashley underscore ostaf i'm pretty sure i'm checking right now well we'll tag you yeah it's ashley underscore ostaf o-s-t-o-f-f yeah i share i overshared about our topic pregnancy because it's something i never knew about i wanted people to hear about it i share about our military life i mean i'm just an overshare we're, we're open and if it helps one person, which I'd never thought it did, but now that I know it's helping people, I'm just going to have to keep doing that. And but... Sharia's on board. That's how it's going to be. Absolutely. I love She's it. an absolutely wonderful woman. And I, I'm thankful every day. Because honestly, she is legit my better half. Oh, you guys. She's so sweet. Aren't they delightful? Oh, man. They've been through so much, yet they were just so, like, loving and lovable. I don't care that they said they fight. I don't, I just saw them staring at each other all lovingly. This happens to us every, I every know. interview. I we're know. always like, how do you guys still, why do you do you that? Guys, how are you? You what? look at each other with such love in your, I can't, I don't know the last time I did that with mine. Oh, <laughs> She's God. behind me, so I'm not saying her name. <laughs> with mine. <laughs> when I see couples like that, I just wonder. Like, why would anyone be against our marriages and us having kids? Like, we're fucking amazing. I said it. I know. <laughs> you said it. You said I it. Yeah, said we're it. fucking amazing. I do also love when we hear from military folks and the story is not about having to hide. Right? That's heartening. Uh, just amazing. Heartening. Is that a good term? That's, it's just I mean, warms my heart because, you, you know, as gay folks, we don't usually always have the best view of the military just because of the don't ask, don't tell and yeah. like, you know. 
but it's nice to hear that stuff. Yeah, nice absolutely. Oh, folks. Right. Well, another okay. week, another week in the can. And we just want to tell you that if you got to the end of this episode and you're not sick of us, go out and get our <laughs> book. If these ovaries could talk the things we've learned about making an LGBTQ family, it is available at all major retailers. And if you want to buy locally, which we always advocate for, just check IndieBound. And you can also get the audiobook if you want to hear us read to you. And that is available at Amazon and iTunes. And if you get yep. it, don't be afraid to, to to rate and review us on Amazon or Goodreads. That Those mm-hmm. things really help us get mm-hmm. the book out to more people. Let's just keep this conversation going. We're all up on the social. You can find us at Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and the Book of the Fat Che, as my mother calls it, Facebook. If these ovaries could talk on YouTube, where you're going to see recordings of our live streams. And don't forget that our live streams are on Facebook and YouTube at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. So check those bad boys out because they're always a good time. And of course, you can always support the podcast and join our community on Patreon at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N in case you didn't get that. And don't forget, that's where you're going to get the bonus content. All right. Thank you to our sponsors, Modern Fertility. Every plate and better help. And a huge thank you to all you Patreons who are already helping us make the show a possibility. We thank we you. We really, 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 really thank you from the bottom of our hearts. All right. Eggs, ovaries, <laughs> out. If these uh, uh, ovaries could talk, they would say, eggs, ovaries, out. <laughs>